Greetings, super friends. Welcome to Superman and Lois and Pals. I'm Henry Bernstein, and alongside me is my favorite super pal, Professor Sam Brody. So, Sam, welcome back. It's been about six months. It's hard to believe. It feels like it was yesterday. It's like the bulk of your child's life is is the last time we did this. But we actually saw each other in person and did superhero things together. Yes, it was very cool. Um, It was reminiscent of like, it was like a grown up version of how I used to hang out with people when I was like six. (laughs) Like, oh, you're at my house. Let me show you the cool stuff I have. (laughs) Yeah, I showed Sam my uh, superpowers collection and and my graphic novel collection. And he sat on my bedroom floor and read Superman comics. So got to crack open a couple Omnibuy. Also, there was some stuff there that, like, in the age of the internet, this doesn't happen too often. But, you know, there was stuff there that I said, what is this from? Where did you get this? And, you know, it was sort of like um, how people used to look at each other's record collections. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you had the rare stuff that you could only find in a particular store. I feel like it's much less common nowadays, right? Because everybody always has the same stuff because everybody has access to the same store, which is Amazon. Um, And Right. It's it's unusual and cool to see things in people's collections where you're just like, what is this? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I get probably maybe once every three years a chance to say to someone, hey, this is my comic book collection. What do you think? And then be actually both not, not just impressed, but enjoy it, like be able to sit down and enjoy it. So, you know, like I don't get to crack open the Superman exile in space omnibus that much and have the person actually read it. So (laughs) thank you for giving me the joy of watching you do that on my bed and on my floor. It was truly my pleasure. And then to cap it all off, we went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home together. That's true. And And it was um, maybe, I don't know, we were right on the cusp of that feeling like a crazy thing to do. Um, yeah. it, it felt like maybe it wasn't that bad. There weren't that many. There were like, I don't know, a dozen people in the whole movie theater. But I feel like if it had been even a week later, it would have been like no, no, no go. We wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Well, like a week, a week later, my whole family got COVID. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Was it because of that movie? It could um, be. No, I don't think so. We've been to both Nashville, Indianapolis and uh, Great Wolf Lodge, which is a water park in Gurnee since then. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think right. there are a couple other, I don't think we could blame uh, uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Sony and the, and the, and the MCU, <laughs> any of the Spider-Men. That was awesome. Um, I, the other thing I was sort of reflecting on since the last time we recorded, I, I was looking at our statistics because, you know, I was oh. thinking about how, I'm, when I'm going to upload the episode and all this stuff and, you know, hopefully we'll get on a regular schedule if we can. And anyway, we have over 1,100 downloads of this oh. little thing that really just started out as I wanted an outlet to talk about the Superman show with a friend who also likes Superman as much as I do. And I just want to thank the 1,100 people plus who have, you know, clicked download and listened to us. That's really nice. And thank you. And we hope you've enjoyed it, our little conversation. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's, I feel like, um, you watched only murders in the building. Yeah. When they, when they start yeah. the podcast and they get like six views or something and Martin short goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, I mean, if we could beat those guys who, who put yeah. on a good podcast. 
So thank you to everyone who's who's tuned in and we hope you enjoy our conversation on season two. So should we talk about season two, episode one? Let's do it. All right. This is Superman and Lois, season two, episode one, What Lies Beneath, directed by Gregory Smith, written by Brent Fletcher and Todd Helbing, who is also the showrunner. Three months after Nat's arrival, things start to settle down. Sarah returns from camp and gives Jordan the cold shoulder. Clark and Lois fight. Lana throws herself into a mayoral campaign, and Superman comes to term with Sam's replacement. An earthquake shakes Smallville. So first thing I just kind of want to, you know, since we're transitioning, you know, the, the, the first season of a, the first episode of a second season is a big episode because it's in a way it's kind of like the first episode because the pilots are always like super establishy. So this is like, this is way in many ways more important, like to sort of establish that this is the show now. Um, And I was thinking about what I was looking at our wish list from last season and one of the things they really did nicely, I just want to say thank you for kind of tightening up the costume a little bit. The S is a little brighter. It's completely embedded within his costume. His suit actually moved when he did, which showed that like it wasn't just puffed up. His shoulders look good. He looks great. And so thank you for that. Um, and one of the other key things was we wanted to talk about, we, we wanted like stories that make sense. And, you know, like the obvious parts of stories to make sense. How did you feel just right off the bat overall this episode sort of, you know, uh, either didn't do that or did that well? Um, Well, there were two aspects that one that made sense and one that didn't make sense. The thing that made sense very much right off the bat is that Superman is having something wonky with his powers and that it's related to something in the mind. So that was clear, seemed to follow logically from last season, and it's appropriate in a first episode to just get hints of a weird, a weird thing without having it be spelled out. So I thought that was, that was cool. Um, and then most of the personal plots also made perfect sense in terms of plot and character. The thing that didn't make sense, and Harry pointed this out to me when we were watching it, was a little bit of the chronology of the episode. So we see um, Jonathan coming home from football practice, right, with his girlfriend, and Clark leaves them. And then we see John Henry taking Natalie to school. And I'm like, is this the same day? Because then they cut to Jordan and Sarah at the bridge, and it's like late afternoon or it's early evening or something, right? And then they cut back to John Henry waiting outside Natalie's school and it's nighttime. And so I'm and just it's like three hours after school ended. Right. And, and I'm like, why did, why wasn't the scene where he takes Natalie to school at the beginning of the episode? It was very confusing. And it did seem like they were in Metropolis for that. They were, they definitely were. It said Metropolis on the bottom crawl for sure. I understood that there was some distance issue involved. Although it seems like Metropolis, and we've discussed this hundreds of times, <laughs> Metropolis is not that far away. Right. It's far, but not that far. Um, it's drivable. It's drivable. <clears throat> but I still was just like, she wasn't going to school at lunchtime. Like, I just, yeah. <laughs> so whatever. That was the thing that didn't make sense. It's not a huge deal, but it was a little bit weird. It's so interesting. I didn't even notice that. You're so right from like just a 
chronology that makes no sense. I, I and I've by the way, I've watched the episode two and a half times. So I don't know. I just they the lowest common denominator that they cater to for that kind of thing, I guess I fit in that category. <laughs> but um the one thing I, you know, overall I, I love the episode. I thought it was fantastic. Um but the one thing that actually really bothered bothered me in terms of a this doesn't really make sense in terms of what we've established the whole previous season is that this is three months later when we're talking about chronology. So you're telling me that Lois with no explanation who previously has had wonderful communication with her husband and children has for three months, just been bad to her whole family, including her children who are kids Mm -hmm. and to Clark, her very supportive, sweet and talk about a superpower patient husband, three months, this has been going on. And we just happened to, you know, uh, tune in on the day that she decides to, you know, just spill her guts. I mean, it just, that seems like a really long time and doesn't track exactly. Her trauma was totally re- legitimate, but like, I don't know, it just didn't track with me that like this person would be acting like that for so long. Um, <clears throat> the time lapse to me just felt very much like how all TV shows right. used to be in the summer's over when, yeah. you know, they take summer break and then, you come back in September and then the characters all talk about what they did for the summer, yeah. especially high school shows. Yeah. And that literally happened in this episode. Like Sarah right. went to camp as a counselor for three months. That made sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so I didn't think about that that much. Um, but now that you pointed out, yeah, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't make too much sense. It's sort of like we just happened to show up at the moment that they resolved the longstanding issue I mean, that just seems like like after, I don't know, the first week of it. Yeah. But I mean, it just seems like a really long time. Like, you know, like just to go through some of it, like Jonathan literally says to Clark, dad, how long is she going to be like this? Like this family hasn't talked about her behavior yet. This family we've, they've established for 15 episodes that this is what they do. They talk about stuff. So I just didn't, I was like, that really was really surprising to me. The argument they had, sorry, the argument that Clark and Lois had in the middle of the episode, their big scene before they resolved everything. Lois is just sort of acting like a moody teenager. Like she's sort of acting how her kids act when they're being unreasonable. And even when Jordan comes back home and she kind of like just picks a fight with him. She's like, well, where were you? I was with Sarah. Where, what does that mean? He's like, I was with her at the pond. I don't really want to talk about it. You didn't give me a real answer. Yeah. Like, and she goes, even says, excuse me. Like he wasn't mouthing off to her. It, it was just, right. it was just, it didn't. He's just being a little bit sullen and withholding, which is really normal. For him and for teens. Right. Yeah. I mean, he even says very respectfully, can I please just go to my room? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like he was, so that, you know, it's just like her behavior was bad. and. Like she's mad. He went to Atlas pond where he got arrested. Who cares? Like right. that's the local pond. Who cares that he got arrested there? I didn't remember that he got arrested there, but I mean, I guess your mom would. Sarah had already right. mentioned it um, when she yeah. was trying yeah. to not make out with him. So that was <laughs> right. I want to get to that in a minute, you know, just sort of the whole arc of Lois. And then finally, when she breaks down to Clark, that was wonderful. I mean, and a really interesting insight into this version of the lanes where, 
Lois's mom is a deadbeat mom who abandons the family. And now we can see like, oh yeah, if I was, if that happened to me, like you can see why Sam is so, is the way he is in many ways. And why Lois is the way he is. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know that it just seemed like it took them a long time to give us that explanation. It had nothing to do with the stuff about the miscarriage that they talked about the previous season and why they, what they hinted at in the previously on. So I don't know. It just kind of felt like Lois's story was really, really big crammed into 44 minutes. And some of it just didn't work for me based on what we know. I thought that it was arbitrary that it was three months. Um, And Mm. that just sort of, like I said about the chronology being weird from one scene to the next, it would not have harmed the episode if they did that entire plot at the beginning of the episode and had it be a week later. Mm-hmm. And then they did a cut to three months later. And then they did the other plot. Threads, totally. Right. The one with the, um, you know, with Lana and Kyle and the mayoral candidate and the one with Jordan um, and Sarah and the one with Jonathan and his girlfriend, they could have just put that all after the cut. And then put all the Superman stuff specifically um, with the new Sam Lane guy at the military and so on. And had that also be after the three months later. I don't think the episode would have suffered that much. I I don't think so either. Like, and that would have made, you know, everything that Lois said about why she was acting like that totally made sense. I just wish it would sort of been, like you said, truncated a little bit more. And, you know, as always, bravo, great acting chops to Bitsy Talak for put, pulling that whole thing off. I mean, she's just a <laughs> gift that woman in Emmy. You mentioned Sarah, so the Cushings. I felt like really connected to Jordan in that moment moment of being uh, over exuberant about a girl who's way out of my league and kind of likes me. And I, you know, kind of going really big when you should have just chilled like that. That felt very real. <laughs> I mean, I am assuming that she just hooked up with somebody else at camp. Yeah, obviously. I went to camp. I was a camp person. That's what happens at camp. And people that age are not usually pretty good at maintaining relationships at any distance whatsoever. Like, you disappear for a week, you're out of existence <laughs> right so <laughs> poor jordan um, he's such i assume that that's what we're gonna learn yeah right? obviously i'm sorry that you felt like jordan in that i just sort of felt like um like sarah i knew <laughs> I, well i just felt like the, i probably knew both of those people yeah oh no absolutely but it was just sort of like that <laughs> that was a familiar feeling of you know of adolescent boy who likes a girl who's you know yeah a little too much um but it was cute and i found myself caring a little bit more about the Cushings this episode, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that Lana isn't running for mayor and that she's running a stranger who's a stranger to us campaign. Like I kind of, I thought like, I kind of want, wanted her to run. I thought that would have been a really interesting and like, couldn't that have happened? And then like her, her campaign manager be an attractive male who Kyle has a a thing about that could still happen. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could yeah. still be where they're going. Uh, maybe something. I mean, this candidate wasn't that impressive, right? With the schools right. question, right? She had to kind of come in for him. Right. I mean, kind of small town mayor doesn't have an answer to that question. It's the most <laughs> obvious question. I mean, he has like four things to do as the mayor, right? Like, you don't need to even be telling the truth. You you say on the campaign trail that you're going to raise teacher pay. 
And then you get in there and you say, oh, the city council isn't letting me raise teacher pay right. or whatever. We don't have it in the city's budget. So that was kind of silly. Very so silly. I, I kind of wonder if that guy is going to be, um, if he's going to go all the way. So maybe your your desired plot would still happen. Okay. And then it would also play on Kyle's, um, you know, kind of aggro sort of trad mask identity if Lana were going to be running for mayor because then she would be more powerful than him and making more money than him and be more important than him in, in many ways, um, which might make him uncomfortable too. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I kind of liked him in this episode. He wasn't, he kind of was a little bit of a baby face in this one. Like mm-hmm. he even kind of bonded with Clark, which was cute. And mm-hmm. it was, and was like helpful to Sarah. And I was like, you know, I liked how he was like, you're the alpha in this relationship. <laughs> and it was very, very game of him to wear the camera. Yeah. He was supportive of Lana. Totally. Right. Even though he made fun of it when it came out of the box, he's like, it looks like yeah. a campaign t-shirt for people that wear campaign t-shirts or something. Right. <laughs> it's like a funny line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I disagreed with him that people shouldn't be cashing in on the Superman connection. I love that. That right outside the bus stop, there's a big Jose Luis Garcia Lopez cut out, you know, uh, <laughs> of, of Superman that you can put your head in. It was like, it's like kind of going to Metropolis, Illinois. That's sort of what Metropolis, Illinois is like. If you've ever been. Yeah. Um, I have. And um, they also, it was also a little bit of a callback to Lois and Clark. You made absolutely. Like Superman day. Early episodes of Lois and Clark, they do a big thing where there's a bunch of Superman merch getting sold out. So outside and Lex Luthor is jealous of it, but acts like he thinks it's cool. Right. And the whole, yeah. the whole Superman writing team is in that scene. Like the camera pans mm-hmm. over and the spectators are yeah. Weezy and Mike Carlin. Mike Carlin. Yeah. Dan Jurgens yeah. and, and Jared, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. But so I was like happy for Smallville, like, yay, they're getting their money back. Like Superman trashed half the town with, you know, the tall row. So <laughs> they might as well make some money off him. <laughs> so I, I, I dug that. Speaking of Superman, I got to say they freaking nailed super feats in this one. Like that's how you start a season. You have Superman go lift a freaking sub out of the, out of the, <laughs> the ocean and have yeah. the bad guy army. Let's call it, you know, like the North Koreans saying Superman saved us. Superman saved Like that was yeah. boom. That was a way to introduce the big also- blue. LOL at the army guy thinking Superman wouldn't save the North Koreans. So like, come on. Well, was he more pissed about Superman returning the sub? Oh yeah. Right. So what's he going to do? He's going to dump everyone out and then bring the sub to America. Like, and leave them all stranded on this wherever. I mean, we don't know where he left them. They might've been kind of stranded anyway, but like presumably they had communication equipment, you know, and so on. Like, yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean that, you know, I kind of like that. I, I kind of like this guy. Like, in, he's he's actually a little more interesting than Sam, and in that I love his sort of soft spokenness, reasonable mm-hmm. attitude. He sort of like seems a, maybe he's possibly sociopathic. I don't know because he's sort of just like modeling the type of conversation Superman would want to have while disagreeing with right. him. But I, I, I kind of like where this is headed. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing where they seem to be um, building some kind of Superman core. Yeah. Are they doing um, that with X Kryptonite? Is that what we're to understand? Like basically what they're doing, what the bad guys were doing, but now the good guys are doing it. So good guys in quotes. Well, I did not understand that the, um, the American soldiers were enhanced in all. Well, who were those two super guys? I thought they were just normal soldiers wearing Superman ish outfits. But I mean, what you're saying makes more sense. Oh, I, I understood it. Interesting. I understood it as they had powers. Cause like when they were punching underground, 
they were punching. That makes that sense. Was, they were doing what Superman would do, punching his way. Right. Yeah. But like, I guess maybe after I saw the last shot, which we can talk about later, yeah. I retrojected that right. to the right. earlier scene of the punching. Like maybe he had been looking at that instead. But no, I mean it makes more sense. But I mean, there, 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 there was like the punching, which they didn't show who it was. I watched it twice. Right. They didn't show who it was, but then the dust clears and it's those two super guys holding a like it looks like a kid or something, like or certainly a person. So I was I to understand it that maybe sense of their power level. Hmm? Say that again. I guess we didn't get a full sense of their power level. But, right. So yeah, no, what you're saying makes sense if they're using the ex kryptonite, but that seems so dangerous. Yeah, because. That would just inherently. Yeah. Even if they weren't wearing his symbol. Right. I like I like you know both arguments, by the way, of Superman being like, that's not your symbol to lend out. You know, that's my you know, I, I don't know. In this, in this uh th- in this version, it's the House of L's crest, right? Was was Jorel wearing it? Well, the if they I think they have only ever talked about that on Supergirl. Oh. I'm not sure they talked about it on this show. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But I can't remember if Jor-El was wearing it. I think he was. But I like how I, I like how General Anderson was like, it's the most recognizable symbol on earth. And it's like, it should be for the good guys. And like, you know, I'm saying from his perspective, I liked that explanation of why he's using it. And it's like, yeah, you don't, you know, like. <laughs> he, I saw it as a just, I mean, the whole episode and we can get to the end now. Yeah, let's talk about the end. Yeah. I just saw it as a vindication of everything we said on our podcast last year about how they were setting up reign of the superman because his response at the end of that scene is there's room you know america can have more than one superman yes um and so everything that we were thinking about um cadmus and the various names they were sprinkling throughout the storyline and the apparent presence of superboy and then also the eradicator and you know, we don't have the cyborg exactly because they already did the whole Hank Henshaw storyline on Supergirl, but like they could do it a different way. Now, now there's Doomsday, so yeah, so now there's Doomsday. Does, <laughs> it does raise the question, right? If they did that storyline in a live action weekly show, your issue with the main character not being on the show would then become a serious issue unless they were to somehow make him play the eradicator. Yeah, you have him play the eradicator and the and cyborg. Yeah, well. I guess they could do that. Could even de-age him and have him be, you know, digitally and have him be Superboy. <laughs> but I just assume yeah. that Jordan is going to Superboy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you still have him be the cyborg or, or, you know, if you do it properly. Yeah, okay. All right. I guess Because remember, I mean, in the comics, right, the cyborg convinces everyone very convincingly, you know. Uh-huh. President shakes his hand. So, all right, so Doomsday. All right, so obviously the last scene was the famous build up in the comics to doomsday is coming. That was happening weekly mm-hmm. until uh, his first appearance and the fist would be coming through punching through and him like sort of, he was covered in like a green cloth with some wires and it wears away. And then you get his full fist. So it, I don't think it's a spoiler, but like Todd Helbing has already done a ton of interviews about it. He said, we're going to see a little more in episode two and in episode three is going to, it's going to pay off. So he he was he was a little cagey about what it actually is, but it sounds like it's it's doomsday. I mean, I I think like I don't see what else. Yeah, and I think like unless they're trying to fake out specifically people like us right. by alluding to something that we think we know. Right. I mean, but like so like on the one hand, 
I don't need Doomsday because I feel like it's been done in live action recently with both Krypton and BVS. I mean, done poorly yeah. in that case. Um, however, the show is doing things well. So for the most part, you know, we had our criticisms of the Talro and, you know, lack of Zod stuff. But like, if they do this well, I'd sure I'd be happy to see Doomsday. And even if they do a Death of Superman story, I'd be okay with that because this Superman is where he was in terms of like time and longevity in the comics. Pretty much. He is a seasoned veteran, the number one hero, the greatest of all time, you know? And so like, that would, that would be, that was the whole problem with the Snyder attempt was that it made no sense because all he had done destroy Metropolis, destroy Metropolis, admittedly saving the world, but like it was a big confusing situation. So how could people know? And then they tried to do this big, Oh, the world is mourning thing. Like, why would the world be mourning? Like one of the horrible destructive aliens that just came and destroyed the world also died. Like what is, what's there to mourn about? Like, I don't know. Right. Like so, also, you know, like to undo all that, you know, destruction from the first, from man of steel, then they had the, the fight with doomsday being like a garbage heap. Basically there was no one around, but like the whole point of the do not the whole point, but like the whole powerful moment of Doomsday killing Superman was that it was literally in front of the Daily Planet with Lo- him dying in Lois's arms with um, Jimmy taking the picture, you know, as right. he saves everyone around him, you know, they, they like right. wasted it. You know, that, you know, that was, you know, remember that that paid off for a, at least a year of like rebuilding Metropolis after Doomsday destroyed it. So like, you know, they, you and. Know, the eventual resurrection of Clark Kent as one of the people who was trapped under the rubble. Brilliant. Right? Like, and then they had, of course, at that time, they had Supergirl shapeshift to be him, but like now they could do Martian Manhunter to yeah. shapeshift to be him. Yeah. Right? And um, that was also only possible because it was a fight in the middle of the city. Right. Um, they don't talk about the resurrection of Clark Kent in Justice League at all. Right. No. No, he just, he just he <laughs> just like, rips open the shirt and he's back at the planet, I guess. I mean, we'll never know. Yeah, okay. we'll see oh, him again. you dead? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so bad. So sorry about the little rant, but I did enjoy that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'd be curious for them to do a doomsday thing if they do it right, and Betsy Talek can certainly handle that. Uh, that big emotional scene if he dies in her arms. She's already done it on, you know, during crisis on like a TV screen. I gotta just give my my flowers to to Tyler Hecklin. I mean. All of the Clark stuff that he did in this episode shows how much he understands this character. The wide range of being supportive dad with the baseball cap on to listening, patient husband, to appropriately frustrated, to then having a a very awkward but funny talk with his kids at the end. Like, he is just a dad. Yeah. Yeah, I was glad that he did not. I'm glad that they did not attempt to provide a canonical answer to the question of when he lost his virginity. That was so funny. Did not need to know that. I know. And, and I to continue to not know that. It was so uh, funny the way Jonathan just mouths, Mom. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. That was it was good. I mean, it would have also had to raise the awkward question of whether it was with Lana. Which, you know. Right. I think not. I mean, when they show him leave, he's a little, he's a boy. It's like they've never really consummated that, right? Yeah. He's sort of like a sexless teenager at that point, for sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I agree with you. It was all done really well. And, and his Superman. I just wanted to give continue giving my flowers to him. Like he gets Superman too. Like he he really does. He really really he this he might be you know. I, I fell in love with Bitsy Talek last season as Superman. I'm falling in love with Tyler Hecklin. It's happening right before our eyes, Sam. I just I do think he needs to shave. Yes. Oh, We've he needs to shave when he's before. Superman. I love that five o'clock Clark shadow. But but like, how is he going to get it from one and not the other? I mean, you think it grows super fast, and he can like shave it every time he goes out to be Superman, and then it'll grow back by the time he's Clark Alphys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every couple episodes he could shave at least. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, we've talked about this at least once before. We're two bearded guys. I have no problem with facial hair in general. I just think that if Superman has facial hair, it's because he was in some kind of extreme situation or like he was in space for three months he was in space for a while exactly um not just as a matter of course like in the ordinary rounds of business it's funny because like tyler hecklin obviously has a very heavy beard and is a very hairy man (laughs) like you know like i mean literally he's from teen wolf that was his show they probably didn't have to give him any any got you know any makeup at all i mean so it's sort of i wonder if it's just like I'm going to be shaving three times this a day on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like Tyler, you're wanting to make up for shave number two. Like <laughs> that would be funny. You know, so maybe it's just out of sheer <laughs> laziness, but he, he, he's doing a great job. I mean, I just like, no, I, agree. I, I just like him. I think he is. He's, he's, he's playing the character. Uh, and it's like, not a copy of any other performance either. Right. Like, I don't think right. he's playing Christopher Reeve, and I don't think he's playing Dean Cain, and I don't, don't think he's playing Brandon Ryan. No, he's playing he's him. Guy. But I think it's actually sort of like the version of what Christopher Reeve's Superman would be like if he were now. Right. Right. If, if you know, Christopher Reeve was told to play it exactly as it is in the comics, let's say, that's how Reeve mm-hmm. would play it. I mean, he was a classically yeah. trained actor. He played, we've talked about this before. His Clark is Bronze Age Clark. Um, right. So I think Tyler is just like, I, you know, we've talked, we've also talked about this that I, I like Clark when he's just a normal guy and when not that he needs to be a super nerd. Like he's a little, he's like delightfully nerdy, you know, adorably nerdy, but not, he's just a dude. And that's how Tyler's playing it. It's, it's great. I, I wonder if we're going to get another big like flashback episode this season mm, that would be cool you know i i, I really like that one that they did yeah yeah even though it turned out to be a, a dream is mind getting invaded by talro or whatever yeah but but it seemed it, to be it, canon it seemed to be a real memory they should do another one yeah but like because i would yeah. want to see... catch us up a little more you know there's some more right like if this is if this is superman at the height of his career then he's already some super awesome stuff that we missed right right like maybe brainiac actually came and invaded metropolis in the past right and he defeated him, but we just didn't see it. Like panic in the right? sky so already if, happened. Exactly. So what if they just spend a bunch of money on like 10 second sequence mm-hmm. where we see him in a flashback fighting that ship over the city? So, you know, we don't need the whole storyline if they do it that way. It's just like, bam, super feet. Mm-hmm. And then just like show it. And then they can also cut to like, I don't know, any other sort of famous, you know, storylines. Like they could, they could even him do a in space with the beard. Day. Yeah. You know. But they could do the villains that they don't feel like doing, right? right? Like um, Mr. Z. I don't know if they for, for this show, right? It probably would not make sense that they would ever do War World or Apocalypse because this show is about Smallville and Metropolis and it's about family life. 
So like put that in the flashback too. Right. Spend some money on special effects, get Mongol in there for like, you know, right. a 10 second gladiator ballot or whatever. I mean, they had Despero on the flash, so they can get Mongol. You know, like that was cool. that was pretty cool. Also, they got some good effects artists over there on the flash. Yeah. Their King Sharp was pretty good. It was great. I mean, they 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 it's amazing what they can do now, like for a you know, a 20 44 minute episode. It's it's yeah. oh I, I really the effects in this continue to be great. I mean that there's high quality, all of those super feet scenes were, were cinematic were great. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts about this episode or, you know, what you want to see going forward? I mean, kind of talked about what we're I'm going glad They resolved the sort of Natalie alienation plot quickly Yeah, because I want to see her just like get into it and be integrated into the like yeah. weekly stuff with her own plot threads that aren't just about how, she's traumatized and doesn't belong. Right. Like, no, I want to see her in the barn mixing it up with, with Jonathan and her dad. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I want to see John Henry have some plots too, that aren't just about dealing with the fact that Natalie is like having a bad time. Right. Like give him some other stuff to do, like give him another plot thread that like, uh, he's got to get the call from the, D, the, the, yeah. the, what is it? What are they? The DOD. That's what they always say on the show. And we've talked about my feelings so about that. Dumb. You rehearse them again. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like just, he needs to have his own. So, so I would like for both of them to just get plot threads that aren't just about being fish out of water and so on. Right. And, um, and I'm hopeful that that having sort of dealt with this, this episode, that they'll move forward in that way. Totally. totally. And also I think Natalie needs to like, also become steel right yeah oh she needs to put on the suit yeah yeah like that so they can both be steel and that's fine like maybe they'll do a twist on death of superman where john henry dies and she has to like take his place Mm. um although i don't know like i think i would still hold out for like it feels like that's what they're doing in the comics now right it's it's a phase of right now for example that all the Batgirls are Batgirl at the same, right? You 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 pick up an issue of that comic and it's like Barbara Gordon and Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane and like they're just all being Batgirl. And Robin is around and Red Robin is around and Nightwing is around. And it's like, for whatever reason, and maybe there's some complicated social cultural analysis that would explain this, but it seems like the whole paradigm has moved on from the previous one dies and then the next one takes up the mantle to where now they're just having everybody all at the same time. So like then they could do that on the show too and let both the father and the daughter both be steel at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like just let it happen. I don't need one of them to die. The steals. Like, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. I want them I think I think what's going to happen is there's going to be something dramatic that this breadcrumb about this is my prediction. This thing about the S, I think that's going to become an issue and I think it's going to resolve itself by Superman officially giving the S to the steels and like in, and done in a way in which the, you know, the bad guy army DOD don't have it anymore. They don't get to do it, but the Steve, but Superman gives this uh-huh. S steel steel of approval. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Right. I'm, I'm with you. That's, that's what they should do. Great. Great. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for talking to me, Sam, and we'll do it again next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. Our theme was composed and performed by Sam Bernstein. 
you can tweet us or Facebook us at Superman Pals Pod. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another thrilling adventure of Superman and Lois and Pals.